Hey, hey guys, it's Lori Winchell with the You Can Too podcast. I am super pumped about today's episode. I got to interview my very first guest, Jennifer Snyder. We met during high school at different schools, and then we ended up in the same college town. We've stayed in touch ever since. But what I can tell you is that she has an amazing story for you to check out um, of some challenges she had to overcome through childhood, growing up into her adult life, and how they affected and molded her today. Um, I cannot wait for you to hear her story. Also, um, if you get value out of this, I would love if and love your support if you would take um, a moment to drop a five-star rating and review. Smash the subscribe button, take a screenshot, put it in your story, tag me, Lori, L-O-R-I underscore Winchell, W-I-N-S-C-H-E-L, and also tag Jen, J-E-N-N runs, R-U-N-S 79. Uh, We would love to connect with you and please know if nobody's told you they love you, please know that I do. And if people can hate for no reason, I can love for no reason, you can too. Have an awesome time and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, hey, guys, I'm super excited to introduce to you my my amazing friend, Jen Snyder, uh, who I have known since the sophomore year of high school, the sophomore year. Yeah. Sophomore year of high school. Honor Guard. Yeah. So we know each other through Color Guard. Um, Those of you guys that don't know what Color Guard is, it's not just flags with the marching band. We do a lot more crazy stuff these days. We are uh, doing like gymnastics and dance and all the things while twirling flags and rifles and sabers in the air, catching them in really weird places. So um, if you're not familiar with it, go uh, Google DCI or WGI and see what you find. Um, So I am pumped to share um, and have Jen on the podcast today to share her story. Um, I what I love the most about this podcast is that we are able to bring um, real life stories to every day on um, just building belief and how you can overcome obstacles that um, you come across in your life. You know, so many things that we come across can hold us back with a certain mindset. And um, we're here to just help you find ways to overcome that and be able to um, tap into the better version of you or a a new improved version of you, whatever you want to call it. So um, yeah, Jen is living in Ohio now. Where in Ohio are you? Lebanon. Lebanon. So it's 45 minutes north of Cincinnati. Awesome. And uh, we, so we grew up here in St. Louis and um, I'm still here. She is uh, a little further east. Uh, I think it's colder probably where you're at, maybe. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, It's winter time right now. So uh, yeah, it's going to be really cold this week. But anyway, so I'm super pumped, Jen. I want to just let you take the floor and kind of just start telling everybody your story. What, what was probably one of the biggest challenges you've had, how you overcame it, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, you know, imagine, um, imagine a Saturday morning and uh, mom's in the kitchen doing dishes. Little girl is in the living room reading a book. She's probably about eight years old. And she hears mom yell from the kitchen, Hey, Jenny, go get your dad. He's asleep in the bedroom. It's time for us to go. Jenny gets up. It's okay, Mom. Runs to the bedroom, uh, to her parents' bedroom, and she sees her father laying on their bed with vomit all over his chin, his chest, and everything. And she walks over to him, and she sees that he has gotten sick all over himself, and they're are alcohol bottles laying all around him and medicine bottles 
laying around him um, because he had overdosed and drank. And Jenny goes to the kitchen and gets her mom and says, Mommy, something's wrong with Daddy. And mom goes to the their bedroom and sees what has been going on and calmly tells Jenny, Jenny, we need to take your father to the hospital. I think he tried to kill himself. And Jenny sits down in the living room. Mom brings daddy out, lays him on the couch, and he flops over and lays in his daughter's lap, crying, bawling his eyes out. And there Jenny is sitting on the couch, holding her father in her arms like he is a three-year-old little boy. And that was my childhood. <laughs> that was what, that, that, that was my reality. And so, um, How old I grew were up you? in an, I was about eight. What that happened? was the first time that I witnessed, uh, that I witnessed him. One of the, one of the, one of the several times that he, that he tried to hurt himself. Um, so my dad, uh, was an alcoholic when I was growing up. Um, he began drinking when he was in, um, Maybe even before he went to Vietnam, he served in our military in the 101st Airborne Division from 1968 to 1972. Um, Vietnam was a really disgusting, I mean, all no war is good, but right. it was particularly disgusting. And so he suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder and he tried to self-medicate. And in doing that, um, he obviously became an alcoholic. And uh, so I grew up in that type, in that type of house, in that chaos. And I think, I think, um, so there were, I mean, there's so much that story It's just, it's just takes a long time to even think about it, but, and talk about it. But I think, um, the really tough thing for me was my dad, you know, he, he kept trying to get better. You know, he kept, he kept trying, but the, the problem is, you know, when you've got an addiction like alcoholism, I mean, alcoholism is kind of a different type of addiction than any other drug addiction. It's like a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, and when I was a kid, I knew something was wrong with my dad, but I couldn't, I couldn't, my kid mind couldn't, couldn't put my finger on it. And I, I always felt like there was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. If I could just make him love me more, if I could just tell him that, I love him all the time. If I can give him hugs all the time, then he won't want to leave me. I think that's what broke my heart the most was why would, if my daddy loves me, why would he want to leave me? You know? And, um, why, why can't, why can't he love me enough to want to stay? And I think that that's what's so, that was so hard for me. And I became, and I, I became what's called codependent. And so I would like follow him around and take care of him and make sure he was okay. <laughs> and it didn't work um, because because <laughs> I thought I had I thought I had some sort of power over this thing, and I didn't. I had no power, but I was only a kid, so I was thinking, well, maybe you know, as a child, well, maybe if I do this differently, maybe if I do this differently, maybe if I'm the best at this, maybe if I'm the best at that, maybe if I clean the house every day and nobody has to worry about anything, maybe if I kill myself this way, maybe if I do this perfectly. And then I became a people-pleasing perfectionist um, and very afraid. And I was also, um, because my dad 
my dad kept to in my mind as a kid he kept choosing drinking so in my mind i kept that reinforced a belief in me that i was not good enough Mm-hmm. So every time he chose to drink instead of our family, I'm sure instead of me, I took that personally like, some, you know, I took it like something must be wrong with me. I didn't look at him and say, something's not right with you. I took it on and said, something must be wrong with me. And that kind of, that really led to, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, I was, I was bullied a lot in school too, particularly because of my situation with my dad. Um, and so that made me very afraid to try new things. It, it, a lot of self-doubt. Like, I mean, I went through so much of my life feeling like I was not good enough. And, and that, that in and of itself will halt you and paralyze you from, from doing amazing things when, when you have this mentality that you are just not good enough. And, um, so that, that led me into um, making really poor life decisions. Um, so I just, it was really hard. And it, and, you know, praise God, my dad, uh, he had his last drink October 25th of 1998. So he's been sober ever since, um, which that's just amazing. So we were, we were freshmen in college at SMS. That was our freshman year. Um, was the date of his last drink. And he got into a car accident with a young lady. And I can't remember if she had a kid in the back seat or if she was pregnant. Some, somehow, some way, that experience of him getting into an accident with this young lady um, changed him. I mean, God changed him through that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think God causes bad things to happen, but my goodness, I do think God will use everything that we go through to help us, everything. And he used what happened to my father to help my father. And I, I got, you know what's so funny is I remember I got so mad at my dad. I got so mad at him because I had tried for years to get him to stop drinking. Right. And then he gets into an accident with some chick, some stranger. And he's like, oh, I'm going to stop drinking now. I mean, it was obviously much more hard than that, but I was like, what? And I remember him telling me, he was like, Jenny, he was like, I looked at that young lady and all I could see was my girls. What if somebody were to get into an accident and be and driving drunk and get into an accident with one of my girls? And then I saw myself, what would I, what would I do if I hurt one of my own kids? And so it was like, that just shook him to his core. I mean, like, and it, well, anyway, so he hasn't had a drink since, but um, growing up in that environment where I, I went to school, I was bullied at school. So I didn't want to go to school. I would come home. I didn't know what chaos I was going to walk into. So there was, I was in a perpetual constant state of uh, chaos and worry and, and just feeling I'm never going to be good enough. And I, you know, honestly, when I got to high school and I got into color guard and band, dude, I just, I just think that saved my life. I mean, I, I think that being around a group of, Cause there, there's nothing like band kids. I don't know what it, what is about band kids, but there's nothing like band kids because I don't know if, are we all misfits? I don't know, but all they're the, they were at least when I went to high school, they were the most understanding open group of people. And 
you know, going from a small junior high to a school of 350 students, you know, whatever happened in junior high kind of just went away and you've got this whole new experience in front of you. So, and then I was able to surround myself with great people, you know, like Michelle, Jenny Linick, and, you know, all oh these gosh. people, you know, and I, I remember I was talking to my dad just recently and I'm like, you know, I used to think, I, I honestly, Lori, I thought, I thought that I like morphed myself into all my friends. Like I saw how normal they all were and I tried to be like them. But yeah. my dad was like, Jenny, he's like, and this is my father is so funny. It's kind of weird full circle thing that my dad's telling me this. And he said, Jenny, don't you see, you weren't trying to be like them. They were bringing out the best in you. And I was like, oh my gosh, because that's so true. Like being around, I think that's so important. Like even in the Bible, you know, where, where, where the Bible talks about the dudes who were bringing the guy on the stretcher to see Jesus because they knew that Jesus, that Jesus was going to heal, was going to heal him and they couldn't get in the front door. So these friends of this guy, they go up to the roof, they tear off the roof and they lower this dude down in front of Jesus. That's how, that's how much, how strong their faith was. And these were crazy friends. <laughs> you surround yourself with a circle of people that are strong in faith, believe in you, understanding, compassionate. I mean, it's, that's what my friends in high school were like. I mean, I, and like Jenny, Jenny Linick, strong, powerful personality, funny, Michelle Wireman, kooky, weird, but she, she didn't care. She was going to be herself and she was going to have all these people inspired me. You know, they were inspiring to me, you know, you in college. So, and even in high school, we were in honor. I mean, fearless, strong. I, I mean, surround, I think is a lot of the people that we surround ourselves with, yeah. you know, if I surround myself with people who are going to sit in my pity party with me and play with me in my pity party. And, and I don't want to, I don't want people who are going to sit in my pity party with me. I want to be with people who are going to be like, yep, that's a pity. Grab my hand. Let me pull you out. You know what I mean? Right. And <laughs> I'll never forget. I had this, like, this is so this silly now that I think about it, but I remember I remember like I had this like horrible, horrible crush on this guy in high school. And it was Lori, if you would see a picture of this guy, you'd be like, Jennifer, what were you thinking? <laughs> I had this really terrible crush on this guy. And you know, your true friends are, listen, um, to be unreal is to be unkind. Okay. To, to, to not speak the truth to your friend. That is not being kind to your friend. And Michelle Wireman, <laughs> I had this crush on this dude. It was terrible. And she just looked at me one day because this has been going on for months and months. And she was, she said, Jennifer, he does not like you. <laughs> and I'm like, that is like, and I think about it now. I'm like, gosh, that's like the best truth ever. You know, someone who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Right. And so I think sometimes people, we want to get around people who are going to make us, who are going to make, it feels good to sit in the pity pot. It feels good to be, to feel negative and being negative. Why does it feel good? Because it's our cop out way of not doing anything about our situation. Not okay? feeling alone. So, yeah. So, but it, it takes, it takes faith and it takes strength and it takes doing something to get yourself out of that pity. 
And, and like when Michelle said that to me, that was like a wake up call to me, you know, that it's, you need to have people around you. They're going to tell you the truth. They're going to love you enough to tell you the truth. And so it led me, so like my dad and then, you know, growing up in that situation and everything, um, I made some pretty poor decisions when I got into college and I was in a very long relationship that was incredibly toxic and very dysfunctional and, um, very mentally and emotionally abusive. And I think there was a, I think it all stemmed from, I didn't think I was good enough to get any better. And also I just wanted, I wanted to be, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to be good enough for somebody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I settled, I settled and I allowed, I allowed myself to be treated so terribly. And again, going back to the people that you surround yourself with, I remember being at a friend's house and, you know, I was 28 and we were getting ready to go to a movie or something. I can't remember. And we, she was like, help. She's, she's like, like, you know, she's like you, she's, she, the girl knows how to put on makeup. She's like, she looks perfect all the time. She's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's like one of those girls that, oh my gosh, she looks pretty all the time. So she's like doing my makeup and stuff. And we're talking about my relationship that I'm in and, and she sees how absolutely miserable that I am because I'm, you know, if you sell yourself short for so long, it just eats away at your heart. You know what I mean? Because you know, you know that you've done that to yourself, you know, and it Mm -hmm. just, and I think, I think that's where a lot of people's issues come from is that where they, well, for me in particularly, I, I knew, I knew that I was not, I knew that my fear was, um, prohibiting me from stepping out in faith and, and, and seeking and desiring what I truly deserved in life. And, um, so this, so again, going back to the friendships and the people that you surround yourself with this chick, she puts down her eyeliner and she, and so I'm, we're talking about my relationship and she's like, can't believe some of the stuff that I'm dealing with. And she like grabs my shoulders and she's like, literally, she's got her hands on my shoulders. She looks at me, she goes, Jennifer, you are beautiful. You are smart. You are funny. You are just fantastic. And she's like, you have so much you can offer. You do not have to settle for this kind of life. This is not the kind of life that God had in mind for you. And that is the kind of friend you need to have in your life. Who's going to love you enough to shake you by your shoulders, to wake you up. And, and it, it, and you know what? And that's like, that's the moment that I started. I, I started to believe her, you know? I started to believe her like deep, 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 way deep down. I'd always hoped that what she had just said was true. And, um, it just, it, it, it felt great to hear somebody else say it. And then it also woke me up. I'm like, yeah, I am kind of great. I am. What the heck am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I so so short? What am I doing with my life? (laughs) You know, and I, in that, in that moment, that was kind of a, that was a catalyst moment for me. And, um, so I, I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with the people that you surround yourself with. Um, 
I, I, I don't, I do not associate and I'll be, I'll be friends with people. I'll be, I'll be, you know, um, nice to everybody, but there, there are very specific people I allow close to me. And, you know, like I would rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies. I would rather have four quality, deep friendships than a hundred, you know, people who will play with me in my pity party. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think, I think my, my friends in high school and the friends that I had in college and my husband now, they, they all, they bring out the best in me and they, because they, they help me see what's possible. I'm like you though, too. I, I see, I see other people, I see other people succeed and I'm like, why not me? If they can do it, I can do it. So there is this runner called Roger Bannister. Roger Bannister was the first runner who ran in less than four minutes because at the time, up until that time, no one had run a mile in four minutes and he just believed that he, that he could do it. So he trained for it and trained for it and then he did it. Okay. And I don't remember what year this was, but then he did it. Do you know that following year, like eight other people ran the mile in less than four minutes. And why did they do it? Because they saw somebody else do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I just, um, and I got to tell you, I think, I think the one, (laughs) so there's, there's self doubt, right? But I think, I, I feel like I tell myself, no, no, you'll never do that. You can never do that. No, you should never do that. I tell myself these things all the time. And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a second. Those doctors told me I would never be able to run either. So many people have been telling me I could never be able to do things anymore. And I'm doing the very things that they told that people told me I would never be able to do. So I should probably stop telling myself that I can't do things <laughs> because it's just not true. Not true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just not true. Um, so, I mean, I'm also, I'm also just really, I'm just really growth mindset. And I mean, you could, there's a, you know, growth mindset mm-hmm. and then fixed mindset and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, I kind of think of it as like a God mindset. I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't want to make my God the size of my disbelief. I want my, I'm not, I'm not going to insult him by, by sizing him up according to the size of my belief. And I need to raise my belief to the size of my God. So I don't mean to get all preachy. So I apologize. Um, But it's just, that's, you know, that's what inspires me. That might be my next (laughs) quote that I post on my (laughs) social media. That might be my next quote that I post on social media. That's great. Oh, well, I mean, so it's just, I, I just, I keep you know, I just keep thinking, I think we're all, we are, we are made on purpose for mm-hmm. a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think every, everything that we go through, even the hardships I had with my dad, what I, what, you know, what I went through in high school being in junior high and, and elementary school being bullied, you know, what I went through in my first serious relationship, um, I'm so baffled. I stayed in that relationship so long, but, um, what I went through, it all taught me something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the Bible, it says Romans eight twenty eight for, um, God works all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose and love him, you know? 
And that's the truth, man, all things. So everything that we go through, everything that we go through is never just for ourselves. It's always for somebody else. So that's why I, I just love the podcast that you're doing and the sharing of testimonies and the sharing of stories because there's, there's one, it provides people hope, yeah. you know, it provides people hope. And, um, there's, there's, I, there's nothing this, this world needs more now than hope. Absolutely. Um, You're so right. So I just, I just really, I really am super excited for you and I'm excited for what you're doing because it's, it just touched my heart when I saw, when I saw that, that post, um, when you were asking for people, you know, to share their stories and stuff, but, um, self-doubt has been something I've battled a long, long time. And it's, uh, I have to, it's like, I, I have it and I sit and I play with that self-doubt for a little bit. And then God helps me remember that he's helped me defeat the lion and the bear. So he'll deliver this new giant into my hands, you know, like Goliath. And, oh yeah, that's, I've been through that. God's got me through that. God's got me through that. Who says I can't do this? Who says? For real. You know? And right? and so, um, you know, I think something that's the, like the enemy says that a lot in the Bible. Did God really say, you know, and, you know, interesting when, um, when, when the dove came down after Jesus was baptized and, and God said, here is my beloved son in whom I'm, who, in whom I'm well pleased. Then Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days and the devil tempted him. Right. And so the devil's like, the devil said, um, if you are the son of God, if you noticed the enemy, the devil left out beloved. So he left out that word on purpose because he didn't want to remind Jesus that he was God's beloved son. And so I just, I think, I just really feel like, um, I feel like we're all meant for great things and we all just need to remember that we're here on purpose for a purpose and that everything that we go through is not just meant for ourselves. It's meant for others. And, um, man, if, if, if what you share helps at least one person, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. You know, there's a story, there's this story about, um, Oh, the story about the, have you ever heard the story about the kid and the starfish? Mm-mm. Okay. So there's this kid on the beach and there are a thousand starfish on the beach. Maybe and I there's like the, Okay. So you probably, you, it probably sounds a little bit familiar. So a tide comes in and all this, all these starfish lay on the beach. And if they stay on the beach, then they're going to dry out and die. Right? So this kid goes walking on the beach and he starts one by one, thousands of starfish. Okay. One by one, he's tossing these starfish back in the ocean. This old man walks up to him and says, he says, boy, what are you doing? Do you think you're doing any good? Do you think you're helping anything? And he picked, and the boy looked at him, picked up a starfish and threw it in the water. I helped that one. Cause it's, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. No, I love that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You said a couple things, you know, that, that resonate with me that I have been, um, you know, as I'm going through a mentorship and training and listening to my favorite mentors, what I love is one of my favorite mentors always talks about um, the things that happen. They don't happen to us. They happen for us. Oh, yeah. And it's just so interesting to, to look at like where you've come from, you know, um, having put your dad on that. What I what I wrote down was like that parent pedestal. Oh, yeah. 
and and trying and thinking that you know it was something that you could do to change the situation even being the child and then how that you know you carried that with you into all the way into that relationship that we were in until you know right before now you're married with your your husband and your beautiful children and it's just crazy (laughs) how like that pivotal moment of your friend holding your shoulders and just being like listen here (laughs) get it get it together and that is it's just it's interesting how all it's it's so cool to look back and be able to put Mm -hmm. all the pieces of the puzzle together because when we're we're in the heat of the moment when those things are happening we don't see the big picture and I always like to talk about how you know there are people that that live by the three by five but there are so many of us that live by the 16 by 20 but sometimes we're in a moment of three by five but we can't we can't see the 16 by 20 because it's foggy or it's cloudy or we just can't see that big picture. And then after we finally get, you know, if we're lucky enough to get to the 16 by 20, it's just really neat to see how all the pieces fell together. You know, so many things feel like, you know, with the, like we were talking about fear and, and, and how fear can, it literally can paralyze us. Oh, and, paralyze. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's incredible to hear how people can just walk again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, and it's and 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 it's so funny because um, what's so interesting and, and unfortunately, the situation with my dad. My dad, um, you know, being a recovered alcoholic is he is in the minority. You know, al- alcoholism. It's it's more rare for an alcoholic to recover um, than you know. It's more often alcoholics stay alcoholics for the rest of their lives. So it's very rare what happened to my dad, and um, I praise God for it. Mm-hmm. What's so interesting is that, you know, the whole, I remember I was going through something super, super, super tough, and I, I, felt, I felt way far away from God. I felt, I felt so lost, and I remember I called and I talked to my dad. Now, this was after he, years and years after he had been sober, and I remember, you know, he and I were talking. I'm like getting my dad's advice. My father, <laughs> who, yeah, I'm getting advice from my dad, who's the one who, you know, it was just, it's like full circle. I'm like, dad, I'm like, dad, I just, I feel like I need to start over. I feel like I failed and I just, I just need to, I, I, I feel like I'm going to start over again. And it's just, oh, I'm, it's just a waste. And he's like, so what? Start over. Get up. Pick yourself up. He's like, God is not a God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. Get up. So what? And it's like, here's my go. dad. Give me that grace, you know? Oh my yeah. gosh. Just amazing. And, you know, with, uh, and talk about grit. So my kid, so I'm, I'm on, um, day 197 of my run streak. And so on Sunday will be 200 days. I've, I've been running since like July 23rd or something. And I remember always, I always wanted to be a runner because I remember seeing my dad who was, I, again, when I was a kid, I knew something was wrong with him. I knew he was, he was sick, you know, like mentally, I knew something was wrong with him. But I remember also my dad was in the military and he was very strong. My dad reminded me of Superman. He remind he actually looked like Christopher Reeve when he was younger, like the Superman. Um, but I remember sitting there in front of my living room window and it would be like a snowstorm, like snow blowing sideways and snowstorm. And I remember watching my dad running in his gray sweatsuit with, you know, icicles on his mustache from his snot freezing. <laughs> and he would just go out and run 10 miles like it was nothing and made it look so easy and effortless. 
And I, and to see, to see this man who was going through the personal internal anguish that he was going through and see him go out and do that. I'm like, I want to be like him. (laughs) I want to do that. If he can do it, you can too. Well, right. And so, and so like, and now I hope, (laughs) so I hope when I, when I'm out running, And when it's really hard or when, when my kids see me in a race or whatever, I want them to see me pushing through just like I saw my father. I didn't, I didn't just see my dad run and win a race or, or run and and run to have a successful run. I saw him battle the biggest fight of his life after Vietnam and he won. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how much more inspiring you can get. Um, so, and, and here's something else too interesting, Lori, is like people, people can, I mean, I, you know, we haven't, we have a we have a nice house. We've, we've got a, we've got a cool life, you know, and it's, we're kind of normal. And, um, it's so funny how on the surface you think, you know, about people, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of people know about my past and my history. They just see what, where everything is at now. It's right. so funny how we look at people and we we see their success, but we have no idea all of the stuff that they had to get through and go through to get there. You know, I heard John Maxwell say he's like this famous leadership. I love John leadership. Maxwell. John, all right. So you know yep. him, right? So I heard him on one of my favorite podcasts is um, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast. Craig Rochelle is the pastor of Living Word Church. If you have the YouTube or the the U version Bible app on your phone, mm-hmm. his church created that Bible app. Huh. Um, anyway, so John Maxwell said, you know, people ask him all the time or they tell him all the time that they want to do what he does. And he's like, oh, that's great. But are you willing to do what I did to get here? Right. Like all of the work and all the battles that people have to go through. And that's what inspires others is, is what, what do, what, how did people get through it? I watched, um, I watched in 2019, I think it was the Boston marathon in 2019 and 2019, the Boston marathon, it was like 33 degrees, sleet, heavy downpour rains, 36 mile an hour winds, the Boston marathon. And if you're, if you've been living in America, whether if you've been living in America for the last, whatever, 10 years, you know what the Boston marathon is, you know, it's incredibly difficult throw on 36 degree weather, snow and sleet and rain and, and 37 mile an hour winds. (laughs) Yeah, no way. So let me, (laughs) right. So I watched, I watched the Boston marathon on TV um, I was actually at work and I watched it on the, on the computer <laughs> while I was working. Um, I won't tell that's <laughs> Des Linden won the Boston marathon. She was the first female or first American woman to win the Boston marathon in like 20 years or something. But when you go back through and you look at those pictures and you see, do you see those people and not just Des Linden and not just, I mean, she's an elite athlete, but not just Des, but you see all of the normal people like you and me mm-hmm. just like they're just yeah you can see the picture of their face and they're just they just did know. enough to qualify to make it to go and yeah and they're i mean they're trudging ahead through wind and rain and snow oh yeah and cold and it's just that's grit that's grit and um pushing past your fear and 
Oh, and I think that's what, that's what I try to tell my kids so much is like when, when, when Emma is about ready to play a game, a basketball game, and she's really afraid because um, she's nervous and scared and the other team looks bigger and that kind of thing. I, I just, I keep, I try to encourage her. It's okay. It's okay. Go out there. And let me tell you, you give your best fight. If you're going to go down, you're going to go down swinging. You do your best and you leave it all out there. And I tell her, I mean, just honestly, I'm like, honey, you can get five gout. You can get five fouls a game, get at least four fouls, <laughs> foul at least four times because it's just get aggressive, you know, be, be confident. And I'll tell you what, the more, the more times the, it's just fighting your fear and fighting that self-doubt is like working a muscle. It's working that confidence muscle. And just like, just like you go and you work in a gym, just like you put in the miles on the treadmill or you go out and run the road, just like you do hit workouts or whatever you're building and you're building your heart. Every time you fight that fear and you fight that self doubt, you get stronger every time. And the next thing you know, the, the, whatever you're fighting against or whatever you have to overcome, it's, I'm not going to say that things get easier, but you get stronger. Yep. I love it. I love that. Work your confidence muscle. That's going to be another one. I've just taken away from you. That's great. I love it. I love it. We might have to uh, get some, um, some sort of graphics going on with that, the confidence muscles, as you guys could bet those of you guys that are listening, can't see my muscles right now. So (laughs) probably a good thing. She's, she's got some, she's got some. Uh, my my son calls uh, them potatoes. He would say you've got some potatoes some in your potatoes. arms. Potatoes. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the biceps. I love it. Jen, you are amazing. And I, as much as you say that you've looked up to me, I've looked up to you too. So it's been oh, amazing it having you on today. And I cannot believe it. Only a couple more days to your 200th run. Holy cow. What are you going to do to celebrate? Uh, probably have a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And post on social media so we can share your share your 200th run because that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, I yeah. Love so it. like 200 days and he, oh gosh, okay here. So here's something really important too that I do you know the the workout insanity? Yes, Sean T. I do. Did, okay, so I trained I, to I, teach that you know, format I've years done, ago. I've done like a ton of these workouts, right? And I would, I would quit like halfway through almost every of these workout programs. They are hard. And then insanity is they hard. They are very hard. <laughs> and I, I did insanity and I got through it. I did the whole thing and I did it twice. And let me tell you what it, to not give up on yourself, to keep a promise you made to yourself is, I, I, I think that's, that was, that's one of the biggest things that I'm most proud of is not giving up on me. And when I was in, I was, I was in Al-Anon and I went to Alateen and I was, um, that's for kids who have a, uh, parents who are alcoholics and Al-Anon is for families and friends. And, um, I remember they said, you know, if you can find a picture of yourself when you were a kid, would you say half the things that you say to yourself to that child? And if the answer is no, then you should not be saying it to yourself either. Yeah. And, um, I just, I think about that and I think about my own kids and, you know, what, what message am I trying to send to my kids and what, what the message I'm trying to send to them, I need to be telling myself as well. For sure. I love it. Sorry. I know that is absolutely (laughs) great. 
you know, it's, 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 I'm so excited that you hopped on to be my very first uh, guest I'm on so our podcast. Excited. So, so awesome. And, um, I just want to thank you again for popping on. Yes. I want everybody that's listening. If you got value, you need to drop a five-star rating and a review and, uh, share, 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 subscribe. And, um, if you're a little extra, take a little screenshot post it in your story, tag me, tag Jen, which will drop her info. Um, tell her how much you love her and how awesome this episode was because she is pretty much a rock star. So, um, yeah. So again, Jen, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you guys soon.